I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs and Rob Howe with you once again. And Rob, what is up, man? It's been a couple of weeks. How you doing? Yeah, doing well. Uh, adjusting to the new normal, whatever that is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what, what is life like for you right now? I mean, you're, you're, you're home as much as possible, I guess. You know, kids and family home as well. Uh, how different are things? For me personally, I mean, I've worked from home since I left the Iowa City Press Citizen back in 2003 and joined John Miller at Hawkeye Nation. So I kind of have a routine of working at home. And I know in talking to some friends that haven't done this before, and even my wife, they're like, it's tough. I mean, you're trying to adjust to not being in your regular workspace and, you know, you're home and you're drifting around and this and that. And the kids are home, things like that. But uh, that's the biggest adjustment for me. It's usually just me and the dog, man. Now <laughs> I've got people all around that I'm trying to, you know, write and, you know, help do the homeschool thing and, and cook and lunch and all that other stuff that usually goes on outside of my home. Yeah, and, you, How about and you, you? you've gotten through all the kind of hard things about working from home or the, the adjustments of – uh, yeah. it's it's kind of hard to be productive when you're at home and you're not used to working from home. And so, you know, there, there are just so many more distractions. There's so much, uh, yeah, I could be doing laundry right now. Or, hey, you know, I, I didn't watch the second half of Tiger King or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, there, there's just a lot more at home. So that, that's that been a bit of a struggle for me. And then, yeah, we've got our, our kids at home. Luckily, my wife uh, can mostly work from home. So we've set up a an area for for homeschooling for my son who's who's four and a half just you know the end of preschool but it's also that time where you don't want to lose the momentum of he's starting to it's all starting to click as far as learning to read and write and things and you know not knowing when school or if school will be back this season this year um you know just just trying to adjust to all that and you know it was funny i I woke up I'm, i'm still able to come into work every day and do the radio show uh but i woke up saturday morning just like man what are we gonna do now I don't have work to go to. We just kind of have 48 hours to kill. And my wife said, you know, you would have loved a weekend where you had nothing to do just like a month ago. And I was like, yeah, you know, that, that, it's, so it's all perspective, right? Yeah, without question. <laughs> and it would have been better had we been watching basketball on yes. the weekend. But I was with you. I mean, I got up Saturday and that was kind of my roughest day because I was just, you know, we've had the whole week together where normally like Saturday's like, okay, cool. This, you know, this, uh, we've all been running around all week and now we have, you know, time together, but we had already been together for two two weeks, particularly spring break. My wife and I tried to come up with a routine schedule for our kids. We have gotten to the point now where we get up.
up. We eat breakfast, start at nine o'clock. We do three hours of homeschooling. We eat lunch. And then we go outside and usually play basketball or nice. wiffle ball or something like that. And then my wife and I go on a walk. Then we come back and she and I do a little bit more work. Um, and the kids kind of get their screen time at that point where they're able to interact with their friends because they do need that. They need that socialization. And, you know, I, I would hate to think about when we were kids, what the heck we would have been doing without FaceTime and stuff. But I'm glad they have that. Yeah, you're right. That, that's great for keeping in contact with family and things. It's almost like I'm being more social now than I was <laughs> when I wasn't stuck in my house, you know, because we're doing you know, virtual right. happy hours and, you know, Zoom meetings and FaceTime with family members and all, all of that. And I see one of the things you've gotten back into is puzzle building yeah i started a <laughs> thousand piece puzzle this weekend Woo. and it's addicting man you get there and you just like you know and you just you go out and you're doing something else and then you come back and you just kind of walk by the puzzle then you stop and put a few pieces in yeah you just you need that back. one piece to bring you back in like oh there it is <laughs> yeah and then you're sucked in for hours yeah, I know. And you get on a little roll, you get a few pieces, and then you hit that wall again where uh, you don't do any piece. You get like one piece every 15, 20 minutes if you're lucky. Yeah, I'm a puzzle guy myself too, so I'm going to have to get back into that uh, uh, here as well. Well, we do have some some sports things to talk about. We don't know exactly how long this podcast will go. We're, we're just going to kind of roll with it, and we're not going to force anything. We'll just kind of see where this goes. The, although you've been putting a lot of content out uh, via podcast and, and on HawkeyeNation.com, Rob, you know, the Prospect Podcast. You got a few pieces up there, the Mailbag Podcast, which I love. Uh, so that's all available, as always, on HawkeyeNation.com. But some news uh, from today. Spencer Lee, the winner of the Hodge Trophy, uh, a very big deal. I think the third Hawkeye to win this, uh, Mark Ironside and Brett Metcalf uh, had also won it. Um, so while Spencer Lee will not get the opportunity to be a four-time NCAA champion, or at least we don't think so, depending on if he is granted another, another year of eligibility, um, he does win the, the kind of prize. Uh, trophy of the sport. Yeah, and I w- it would have been surprising had he not won it. And I think he had 52 of the 57 first place votes. So if there's outrage of him not being unanimous, a la Luca Garza with the first team AP, <laughs> now voice your outrage now. But I kid, and it was well deserved. I mean, he was named by the NCAA the most dominant wrestler uh, this season, and that's a big component of the Hodge Trophy is how dominant you are on the mat. And and he's all those extra things that go into it in terms of, you know, community service and things like that. He's just a really good guy. If you know anything about Spencer Lee and he I saw he tweeted, I guess it was about an hour, hour and a half ago. He tweeted thanking his teammates and giving them credit. And that kind of, you know, that gives you a glimpse into the, what he's all about. It's never been for Spencer Lee a me thing. Um, which the Hodge Trophy is. It's given to one guy. But I, knowing Spencer, I know he looks beyond that and understands all the people that helped him win this award. And it, it's not something that I he's going to, you know – flaunt not that anybody would do that anyway but not something he's going to say hey look at me he wants to share this with the people that helped him get here 
Yeah, they're really cool. I also saw, you know, from uh, I guess he was on a teleconference earlier today, um, and and he says he probably won't take an Olympic redshirt next season uh, as the Olympics have been moved to 2021, and he will try to help his team win another national title. So that's uh, that's a cool thing for Hawkeye fans to know. He he will be back next season, uh, aiming to win this award again. But but obviously a lot bigger things on the table. Hopefully for next season for the Hawkeyes because what could have been this season? You know, the first national championship in a long time. As I said, Spencer Lee winning another national championship. Uh, it, it almost feels like, you know, we, we have the unknown for, for the men and women's basketball teams. And, and who knows, maybe they could both still be playing at this point, you know, in, in our wildest dreams. But uh, it feels like the, the team that missed out on the most uh, for the Hawkeyes was probably this Iowa wrestling team. Even though we can assume they would have won the national title to have actually gone and done that and knocked Penn State off their, their throne and had Spencer Lee, you know, another notch in, in the belt. Um, I, I feel like that's probably the, the biggest what if from this winter sports season for the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I'd agree, Andrew. And we talked about that on a few of the podcasts since things were shut down. And another note on Spencer Lee, I think he's the first 125 pound weight class to win this award, oh, cool. that which dates back to 1995. So um, another you know feather in his cap. But I, I also saw the teleconference you referenced today, uh, I think somebody asked him, you know, the NCAA has been talking about awarding the top eight seeds that would have been at the the NCAA championships, All-American status. And it was it's interesting, but it's the way these guys are wired. Mm. Everything that they get is earned. And Spencer Lee said he wouldn't want them to do that. He wouldn't want to get All-American status based on seedings and not something he's earned on the mat. Which, you know, we talked about this before, there have only been five other wrestlers to win four national championships. He had a chance to do that. And now we, you know, that's up in the air based on, you know, whether or not he'll get another year of eligibility. Even after all that, you know, where people might say, man, this is unfair. This Mm. sucks. You know, I got ripped off. I got cheated. He wouldn't want that unless he actually proved it on the mat. And that says a lot about him. And like you said, this was the year where maybe Iowa got back on top of the mountain where Penn State had won the last three Hodge trophies. Zane Rutherford won in, in 17 and 18, and then Bo Nickel won last year. Spencer Lee gets it this year, and you know the, the tie into that would have been if Iowa would have been able to win the team title had they been able to wrestle. And that's, uh, like you said, I think that's the biggest aspect of at least from a Hawkeye perspective what the fans and what those wrestlers missed out on yeah but as you said uh the way these guys are wired, the way this program has has always been since I've uh, had any contact with it under Dan Gable and now under under Tom Brands and the Brands Brothers, you would never expect an Iowa wrestler to say, yeah, give me something I didn't earn out there on the mat. Uh, he, I wouldn't be shocked if he would just turn that down if they were to offer him something like All-American or, or a you know vacated national championship or something like that. These guys don't want anything that they didn't earn, uh, and that's wow. that's something you can really respect about this program. Uh, Tom Brands lives down the street from me, and my wife, well, I was saying earlier in the podcast how we walk every day, yeah. and he came racing by us the other day on a jog, and he had let his beard grow out. I had never seen him with that much facial hair before, but he looked like a guy that was definitely not happy and taking it out in, in exercise, so yeah, I'm... Um, 
it's it sucks for those guys it sucks that you know how much work they put in and it's all you know we always have to quantify this or qualify this by saying you know there are a lot people a lot worse off but this is a hawkeye podcast and from in our little bubble in our little part of the world it sucks when you watch and you know how hard these guys work to not be able to you know to finish the deal yeah, just a blanket statement there. We understand that sports aren't the most important thing about this and, and that there are uh, hardships and, and uh, terrible things happening around the world and in this country and in the state uh, that, that we uh, we understand. But as you said, this is a Hawkeye podcast. We're, we're going to try to take our minds off of that stuff a little bit. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another guy who works as hard as anybody and uh, and probably wouldn't want anything he didn't earn, Luca Garza. He he won a big man award today, and I, the the name of it is is slipping my mind at this point. But it's um, the I think it's Pete Newell, who yeah. uh, was a for years was known as the big man guru. Like big men used to go and train with Pete Newell. I don't I don't know if that's still the case he may not even be with us anymore but i'm not sure but the the award is named after him and so luca garza wins that award and obviously as, as we've talked about before the big 10 player of the year but uh he's not winning the player of the year awards or at least not not kind of the the main ones the the ap one i guess is the big one that that has come out since then he's won several i think espn named him the player of the year a bunch of places have and and we've covered that before but uh still awaiting the what naismith and the wooden awards but i, I guess it, you know with no information at all, Rob, uh, just as a Hawkeye fan who has seen kind of this whole process play out, and especially with the AP voting, uh, I guess at this point I'd be surprised if Obi Toppin doesn't win, you know, the bulk of these awards, and, and Luca Garza is kind of left, um, you know, wondering, and, and we're all kind of, you know, Hawkeye fans, especially on Twitter, <laughs> will get up in arms every time one of these awards comes out, and it's not Luca Garza because we know that he deserves it, uh, but I guess at this point I'd be surprised if he wins, like, the Naismith or the Wooden Award. Yeah, and I think the wooden came into existence in 95, and the Naismith was like late 70s. And then prior to that, the AP was the first one, mm. and that was in – or was the AP – no, the first one was the Oscar Robertson, which used to just be – and that's the one that I voted on and the one that I do vote on because that's the U.S. Right, US Basketball Writers Association of America. That came out a few days after the – AP yes. and Toppin won that also, but people I think were still steaming from the AP one <laughs> yeah. and didn't really get as fired up about. But those are those were two of the four big ones. You mentioned the Naismith and the Wooden, and I think since '95, when there have been the four, um, when the Wooden came in in '95, I think five times in that time period it's been split. You know, um, not mm. one player hasn't swept all four, so there's still a chance. You, you know, it's not maybe one of those groups decided that it would be Luca Garza, but we'll have to see. I'm not holding out hope and I'm not going to get myself disappointed if he doesn't win it. Um, I don't understand it, Andrew, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I listen to your um, 
your instant reaction last year or last week after the AP. You just look at the numbers and the league that he played on and the competition. I don't get it other than Dayton had a better year. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that I see that you can look at. The guy scored 20 points, the guy being Garza, 20 points in 16 straight games in Big Ten basketball. I mean, that's no disrespect to Toppin. He's a great player, but I just don't get it. I don't either, especially in you know if if it was a down Big Ten year, that'd be one thing. But this is you know the deepest conference in the country, and night in, night out, no matter how many times you know, no matter how, how much they game plan for it, uh, no matter how good the guy on the other side of it was, uh, he got his, which was typically twenty to twenty five points, eight to twelve rebounds. Uh, he was so steady all season long. I think he would still, I guess he does technically still have a streak of twenty point games, and I think he would have certainly extended that in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. Um, but now we have to turn our focus to next season for Hawkeye basketball, and there's a lot of excitement. I guess before we get into some of that exciting stuff, Rob, do you have any any knowledge? Have you talked to anybody? Do you have any clue uh, as to what Luca Garza's mindset is, uh, what his decision may possibly be, or even when we can expect that decision to come? I think, Andrew, from what I've heard is he's trying to kind of see if the NBA comes up with a schedule. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about that, how this is um, among the things that have been affected by the sports shutdown is the NBA draft and that process of guys. And I've noticed the last few days guys are declaring for the NBA draft or at least the process. Mm-hmm. And they're. There isn't a process right now. So there really isn't a, uh, any urgency for him to make that decision. And I think he's just kind of waiting to see here if eventually they they at least put a, even a tentative schedule out and then he can say, okay, I want to test the process. I still think if there is a process, he's going to test it. And then at the end of that, he will decide whether or not he's coming back. I would think, and this is just me speculating, that the the way this process has kind of been thrown up into you know disarray because of what's going on in the sports world it would make it more likely that fewer teams are going to be able to evaluate him which may make it more likely likely that he comes back to Iowa but that's just me speculating i don't know that to be the case i, I would agree with that i think you know as bad it is as it is for for luca and and any any college basketball player, especially the seniors who are hoping to make the jump into the NBA or into professional basketball, to, to have this kind of uncertainty uh, is certainly bad for, for those guys. But uh, as a fan of somebody who wants somebody to return to school, uh, I, th- I do think this will make it more difficult for guys to to get through that process, be, evalu- be evaluated by all the teams. We don't even know when the draft will be or anything like that. There's just so much up in the air. And, and really, I don't even want to go there, but we're not 100% sure this next season is going to start on time. You know, there's talk about what's going to happen with the college football season and, and we can get to that uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there I'm going to stay optimistic and say we will have a college football season and therefore we will have a college basketball season next year and I'm excited for the next college basketball season because Rob every top 25 way too early poll I've seen has Iowa uh, in the top 10 and the, the highest ranked Big Ten team a favorite to win the Big Ten um this uh, this could be an incredible season. Although we have seen also as Hawkeye fans, when when the expectations are at the highest, is sometimes when we get let down the most. Yes, and <laughs> that's uh, that's the 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 intriguing dynamic of this whole thing. You want that excitement, and you want 
those expectations, but then can you live up to them? Mm-hmm. And obviously, as we just touched on, it's contingent on Luca coming back. If he were to skip, that changes everything. Um, so, and, and, and Wieskamp too, who I also think is, you know, if there is a process, I think he would go through that again for, you know, at the very least, just to get feedback yeah. from the NBA again. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this is just, you, you don't see this very often in today's college basketball where you have a team with this many proven components coming back where you know what you have. A lot of times it's that mix of maybe, you know, some veterans that aren't going to play in the league with some high, you know, highly regarded newcomers, and then you mix it together. But you, we've already seen with this group not only the talent individually, but how well they play together and the chemistry that they play uh, with together and have ex- have succeeded with. You know, that we've talked about it during the season in other podcasts about the mental makeup and the mental toughness of this group. That's exciting, too, to have not only, you know, the, the skill and the talent level, but to have a group that plays well together. Is is the biggest concern, I guess, for next season, uh, assuming the season happens, that there are too many guys and that, that this rotation is going to balloon to a point where we've seen Fran McCaffrey have some issues or, or at least his teams have some issues when, when there are too many options and he's got a, a 10 or 11-man rotation. When he had eight guys to go to this year, it seemed to work out pretty well. Now there were some fatigue issues and, and obviously anytime somebody got hurt, it created a huge issue. But... Uh, it, it almost feels like if, if everybody's going to come back for next season, th- it, are there enough minutes? Are there enough baskets? Is, is that basketball big enough to, to you know, please all of the guys that, that expect to do what they're going to do? Yeah, that's a great question, Andrew, and I've seen that posed a lot on our Hawkeye Nation message boards with how are the minutes going to be divided, and it's just hard to know. And, you know, th- you can say, well, these things have a way of working themselves out, but maybe they don't. I mean, maybe everybody and hopefully everybody stays healthy and Bohannon comes back and Patrick McCaffrey comes back and Jack Nungy comes back at full strength and all those guys can contribute. And then you've got five new guys coming in, <laughs> um, you know, and, and who knows? We haven't gotten a ruling for the NCAA and, and, we had Ryan Creener on a, a podcast a few weeks ago saying he wasn't sure or not if he would come back. But what if what if guys could come back? What if Bakari Evelyn and those guys could come back and they extended the you know the roster to like eighteen scholarship players or twenty scholarship players or something like that? That could muddy the waters even more. But uh, I think the good thing, Andrew, is roles have already been somewhat defined on this team, so I think that would prevent at least to a degree, unrest over guys not getting minutes. I think they all understand how talented the guy next to him is, and everything, provided he comes back, is going to go through Garza anyway, and then Wieskamp, and then beyond that, you know, Frederick, and then it's kind of, everybody kind of has their roles. I think the one thing for me would be, how Bohannon fits back in. You've got Toussaint, who I thought played better as the season went on and, yeah. and it really was one of their better defenders, how that backcourt mix. And then you've got, you know, Nunji coming back and Patrick McCaffrey, where Connor played a lot of three and four, where does, if he comes back to the guard court more, how does that work out? So, yeah, definitely a lot of pieces to the puzzle, but I think they all would prefer to have 
too much talent than not enough. Yes, certainly. And, and, and you've got a great piece at HawkeyeNation.com right now about Aaron Euless, who's coming in and, and hoping to have a big impact as a freshman next season. And you start to look at that backcourt and say, man, where is this kid even going to get minutes? Yeah, because Aaron Euless and, and Tony Perkins, the, the guard out of Indianapolis, I think are the two most college-ready guys. And those guys are coming into a, a backcourt that's already had you know already is is has established veterans um and where do they fit in and how do they fit in and when do they get to campus these guys usually show up in june and start running you know they they play every day with each other they play pickup and and you do individual drills and things like that are they going to be late arriving later i it it would seem like they probably will be but when is that and when can they start to get acclimated to the team and and college life and then you know josh ungandali is obviously the big man out of uh you know a a native of of uh england but is coming here from uh massachusetts prep school in massachusetts a big body where does he fit in who's going to redshirt so a lot of pieces to this basketball puzzle but it's really it's you know to circle back around it's really nice to see these way too early top 25 having cuz it we've all been through it andrew yeah. i mean there there've been some dark days the last <laughs> couple day de- you know the last couple dec- decades of iowa basketball it's nice to be it's nice to matter again it's nice to be on the you know the the national landscape and be a name again it is it's fun it's fun uh, last thing I want to hit on before we uh, get out of here, Rob, football season and, uh, you know, obviously uh, so much of it is up in the air. Um, what What's going on over there as far as like spring football or, you know, communication with coaches and players? Do you know, um, I, I got to I got, I got to think that, you know, breaking in a new starting quarterback is going to be more difficult this time around. Uh, obviously, anybody coming into the program is, is going to be starting behind the eight ball a little bit. And we've seen in the past that um, – with Kirk Ferentz's program, it, it takes people – well, typically it takes people a year or two to kind of really get into it. We've seen some more freshmen making impacts uh, in recent seasons. But uh, what do you know about what's going on with football? And obviously there's so much up in the air. It's, it's really a moving target. But uh, spring football and kind of how they're all you know, staying together and, and working through this. Yeah, Coach Doyle is sending out some workouts for everybody. A lot of guys have gone home. Some are still here, but uh, yeah, they you know they're practicing the social distancing, so they're not getting together and, and doing workouts. They're doing this stuff on their own. I saw a, a tweet from Jay Neiman about you know where he's got Ben. And Nick at home with him and he was in the backyard running these guys through <laughs> linebacker drills and it's not I mean it's fortunate for them that you know he's got two linebacker you know one at Iowa one playing for the world champion Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champions um, to be able to work them out but I think it's just a lot of guys doing individual work and we know in football it's not an individual sport and so much as you mentioned is you know incumbent on chemistry particularly with offensive line quarterback receiver things like that where the spring is so big and uh with no spring football now with that being canceled uh i've heard some speculation that they may do some or may implement some you know i guess i don't know what you would call it summer practice mm. a little you know maybe in june or july have some carve out some days if, if it gets to that point where they can you know they're, they're clear to do that to be able maybe extend to make up for the spring ball give them a little bit of time in the summer but it would seem to me Andrew and I don't know if you agree with this 
the teams that have veterans, particularly at key positions like quarterback, are going to have a leg up if the season does kick off when when it's you know when it's scheduled to at the end of August or the beginning of September. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see you know Spencer Petras. He's he's been in the program for a couple of seasons, and uh, I saw um, Nate Stanley give him some high praise. I think when Nate mm-hmm. was at the combine, talked about how Spencer had really kind of grasped the offense, and so you know hopefully that that is the case, and hopefully we have a football season to be. Talking about uh, come you know August, uh, this is it's going to get weird. I think I you know I I don't want to try to speculate on exactly when this is all going to come together. I'm just going to stay optimistic and say we will have football, but obviously we will see a bit of a uh, a bit of an abbreviated edition of the Hawkeye Nation podcast today, Rob. But I think we did a good job of covering some stuff, and we'll continue to do that. I know you will continue to post content uh, at HawkeyeNation.com and and do your podcast. We've got some stuff from Dave Schwartz. If you haven't read Rick Rick Brown's latest piece, uh, looking back on the season that was for Iowa Athletics, uh, definitely check that out. Uh, what do you you have coming up this week that you uh, kind of want to keep people have people keep their eye on yeah we're going to continue Andrew with the position previews for football because I'm like you and I'm not like Kirk Herbstreet I am not going to be Debbie Downer and nope. say that the football season is not going to happen I'm plowing ahead thinking that there's going to be some college football in some way shape or form so I've been putting putting out uh, previews I think my next one will be tight end I may run that tomorrow morning uh, got a um, Iowa offered um a 2021 wing from the Chicago area it goes to Oak Park River Forest High School. His name's Isaiah Barnes. He got an offer to scholarship today by Fran McCaffrey and Billy Taylor, who are recruiting him. I just finished up a, a story before we started potting, so I'll put that up tonight. I know people have, are eager for basketball content without the tournament. So, and I did, as you mentioned, I did the story on Ulysses. I'm going to try to get with the other incoming freshmen as well to do some basketball stories, and then I've got some more football recruiting stuff. Um, I may start to do some uh, some more fun column type ideas this week too, with my favorite stadiums to visit and stuff like that. The stuff that everybody's doing now, when they, <laughs> there aren't any live sports to talk about or write about, some lists, things like that. So people come to Hawkeye Nation. Listen to Andrew and my podcast. Listen to all of our podcasts, if you will. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you consuming the content. Hopefully, we're serving as a bit of an escape during a really tough time in our country. Absolutely. Stay safe, Rob. Stay safe out there. You know, Take care of yourselves and uh, take care of each other. We'll get through this, right? Definitely, man. We'll talk to you soon, Andrew. All right. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for listening. Go Hawks. <laughs>